G'day all. G'day. Welcome to another episode of Strange Days. Got off with a little bit of this. I um come across this one here. Sovereign citizens, terrorism assessment warns of rising threat from anti-government extremists. Anti-government extremists, known as sovereign citizens have been identified as potential terrorism threat in Australia by a confidential New South Wales police report. 
What are sovereign citizens, you may ask? Sovereign citizens don't accept Australia's legal framework or government. They consider themselves outside the law. Counter-Terror Command warns they should be considered a potential terrorist threat. In New South Wales, police estimate there are about 300 sovereign citizens. The FBI considers them domestic terrorists. Hey? Hmm. I think Orwell would be licking his lips with this one. Weather modification. Conspiracy theorists or not? Let's have a look at some pattern numbers here in history. Starting from 1891. Pattern number US 462795A. Method of producing rainfall. 1914, US 110, or should I say 0, 3490A, Rainmaker, Balloon Images. 1917, US 122552121A, Protection from Poisonous Gas in Warfare. 1920, US 133834383A, Process and apparatus for the production of intense artificial clouds, fogs or mists. 1924 US 1512783A Composition for dispelling fogs. In 1927 US 1619183A process for producing smoke clouds from moving aircraft. 1928 pattern US 16652678 process of, pro- of producing artificial fogs. 1932 US 1892132A autonomizing Attachment for airplane engine exhaust. 1933, pattern number US 1928963A. Electrical system and method, in brackets, for spraying chemtrails. 1934, US 1957075A. Air 
plane spray equipment. In 1936, Patton US 20458658A Sky Writing Apparatus. 1936, we have, uh, scroll down a bit here, US 20526268A, Method of Dispelling Fog, in brackets, MIT. 1937, US 20689878, A Process of Dissipating Fog. In 1939, Patton US 21609008, Method for Vapor Clearing. In 41, US 2232728A, Method and Composition for Dispelling Vapors. 1941, US 22573608, Descents Citized Penteri Three Toll Tertraniate Tertrani Trait Explosive. <laughs> Jeez. 1946 US 2395827A Airplane Spray Unit in brackets US Department of Agriculture. In 1946, US 2409201A, smoke producing mixture. In 49, US 2476171A, smoke screen generator. In 1949, US 2480967A, aerial discharge device. In 50, US 2527230A, Method of Crystal Formation and Precipitation. In 1951, US 2550324E, Process for Controlling Weather. In 51, US 2570867A, Method of Crystal Formation and Perception. Oh, sorry, Precipitation. In brackets, General Electric. In 52, US 2582678A, Material Dissementation Apparatus for Aeroplanes. In 52, US 2591988A, Production of, it's called TIO2, Pigments, in brackets, DuPont. In 52, US 26114083A, metal chloride screening smoke mixture. In 53, US 26334558A, smoke generator. Okay. And we go on. In 1955, US 2721495A, Method and Apparatus for Detecting Minute Crystal Formation Forming Particles Suspended in a Gaseous Atmosphere, in brackets, General Electric. In 56, US 2730402A, Controllable Dispersal Device. In 57, US 2801 
322A. Decomposition chamber for monopropellant fuel. In 58 US 283553A. Process for condensation of atmospheric humidity and dissolution of fog. In 59 we got pattern US 2881335A. Generation of electric fields. In brackets, HARP, H-A-A-R-P, for recharging clouds. In 59, US 29031-88A, control of tropical cyclone formation. In 59, pattern US 2908442A, method for dispersing natural atmospheric fogs and cloud in 1960 US 29624450A fog dispelling composition see reference 1960 US 2963975A cloud seeding carbon dioxide bullet 61 US 29863060A aerial Insecticide dusting device. Um, in 62, US 3044911A, propellant system. In 62, again, US 3056556A, method for artificially influencing the weather. In 1964, pattern number US 3120459A. It's composite incendiary powder containing metal-coated oxidizing salts. In 64, we got pattern US 3126155A. Silver iodine cloud seeding generator. In brackets, main commercial ingredient. 64 US 3127107A Generation of Ice Nucleating Crystals In 64 US 3131131A Electrostatic Mixing in Micro Microbial Conversions In 65 US 317 uh, 4150A self-focusing antenna system in brackets harp 66 pattern US 325700 oh, sorry 0 I'm losing it 801A <laughs> um, pyrotechnic composition comprising solid oxidizer baron and aluminium additive and binder Remember that one? A lot of things were coming up with a lot of these things. 66. Another one is 66. US 3234357A. Electrically heated smoke producing device. In 66 again. US. Oh, must have been a, one of those years, eh? US 3274035A. Metallic composition for production of hydroscopic smoke 67 us 3300721a means for communication through a layer of ionized gases i.e in brackets harp 
67 US 331-3487A. Cloud seeding apparatus. 67 US 338. Um, uh, where are we? 33. Three. Yep, sorry. Oh, I've got two here. Oh, that's why. It's bloody making up. Where there? Means of communication through. Oh, okay, I've got it. Yeah, there's a couple here in 67. Um, all right. So we've got US 3313487A is cloud seeding apparatus. 67 again. US 3338476A heating device for use with um, aerosol containers. 68 US 3410489A automatically adjustable air foil spray system with pump. 69 US 3429507A rainmaker. 69 US 3430533A aircraft dispenser pod having self sealing ejection tubes. In 69 we've got pattern US 3432208A fluidized particles dispenser in brackets um, US Air Force. In 69 US 3437502A Titanium dioxide pigment coated with uh, silica and aluminium, in brackets, DuPont. 69, US 3441214A, method and apparatus for seeding clouds. And we skip all the way now up to this nice little pattern. Okay. US Two zero zero three zero zero eight five two nine six a one. What do you reckon it could be? I'll leave you not in suspense. Hurricane and tornado control device of weather control or modification patents. You can go to https dot slash slash patents dot justi it's called J U S T I A dot com slash patents by US classifications twenty oh, sorry slash two or yeah slash two three nine slash two point one. I'll provide these links. Weaponized um, weather and atmospheric alteration between truth and tail. More of that can be found at www.monstersmadnessandmagic, all in one word, dot com. Monsters, madness, and magic. Slash century of the strange. Oh, okay, Century of the Strange slash Weaponized Weather. Well, there you go, guys. Just a little bit of, um, yeah, just wanted to share a few patterns with you. You know what I mean? I thought some people, especially in the US, might find those dots very, very interesting.
Germany has um, created the first 3D printed house. Hmm? Quite a spectacle to see. I have a, um, a video clip of a source of how to actually pull down a car window. And what it involves in, is two plungers. He puts a little bit of tape at the bottom of each plunger before he does the job. So he sucks them on through the window, grabs hold of them, pulls it down. Pretty basic, isn't it? I did hear there was a car system that they actually put a sensor in the middle of the roof that all you've got to do is hit the middle of the roof and the door locks um, will fling open. I think that was due to safety from rolling, I think. Very interesting. Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates have just written checks for Sync... Oh, it's called S-Y-N-C-H-R-O-N, Synchron, a startup developing and implement that can be... That, oh, they can let people control computers with their minds. Bloomberg.com news article. 2022. Bezos. Right? Okay, as I've said around Christmas, we're getting pretty close over here. They're going to start up in the ante, getting ready for the next masky, masky, locky, locky. Check this out. Christmas, the chief health officer today confirming the state's COVID wave is reaching its peak. This is good news. We are still seeing a high number of cases across the state. And encourage you and the community at large to remain vigilant and take some simple steps to protect yourself and others. As we head into the festive season, many of us are gearing up to travel and attend end of year events. It's really important that we remember to keep doing the little things to keep us safe during this time. We're being urged to remember to have a COVID safe plan in place. Talk to your GP about the eligibility of antivirals and just stay home if you're sick. Next, a bit of audio. Doesn't go for long. Just a minute. The central banks want absolute control. Carstens, this is a direct quote from him about the difference between cash and central banking digital cards. Oh, I think you missed the yeah, missed the first bit there. It started a little bit. He talks about the um, pretty much. I think the CEO or the head. Let's see where it starts. You will catch this beginning. The head of the Bank for International Settlements is one... Oh, there you go. The head of the Bank for International Settlements. Um, Augustine Carstens. This is a direct quote from him about the difference between cash and central banking digital currencies. This is what he said. And this man is the head of the Bank for International Settlements. He said... The key difference in, with the CBDC is the central bank will have absolute control 
on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. The central bank will have absolute control, surprise, surprise, absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability, and we will have the technology to enforce that. So they're looking for absolute control. I often say when people say something, believe them. published an article exposing the hidden history of the mysterious World Economic Forum, who is currently waging war against the world with their Great Reset. Founder and director Klaus Schwab's three mentors were the most influential people in America's thermonuclear deterrence program, as well as leading proponents of a one-world government. Henry Kissinger recruited Klaus Schwab at the Harvard International Seminar, which was funded by the CIA. During this time, Kissinger was focused on global governance and depopulation. But it was with the Council on Foreign Relations that Kissinger became a major player by wargaming psychological operations involving America's growing thermonuclear weapons arsenal and writing the book on nuclear weapons and foreign policy. John K. Galbraith was a highly influential economist who helped Klaus Schwab create the World Economic Forum. Galbraith was an economist at Harvard who traveled to Germany in 1938 to study land policies under Hitler's National Socialist government. From there, he went to work on an advisory committee for FDR's New Deal. After World War II ended, his work shifted into nuclear weapons. Galbraith was tasked with evaluating the overall economic effects of the wartime bombing. He interrogated Nazi war criminal Albert Speer and was sent to Hiroshima and Nagasaki to evaluate the damage caused by the nuclear weapons attack. By 1968, Galbraith had joined Kissinger in his pursuit of a one-world government. And it was during this time that Kissinger introduced Galbraith to Klaus Schwab, along with Herman Kahn, who in 1967 suggested subverting democracy by training a select group of global leaders, which later became the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders. Both Kissinger and Galbraith were heavily involved in the religion of thermonuclear deterrent warfare. But Herman Kahn was, as the New Yorker puts it, the heavyweight of the megadeth intellectuals and is commonly referred to as the real Dr. Strangelove. Khan wrote the official military policy on nuclear deterrence and believed that if everyone had nuclear weapons, the world would know peace. By the late 60s, Khan was pushing for a European Union and joined Galbraith in 1970 on a European speaking tour 
to support Klaus Schwab's recruitment drive for the first European Management Symposium, now known as the World Economic Forum. And while they were doing that, Klaus Schwab helped merge his father's nuclear weapons company into a company that he then directed to illegally build nuclear weapons for the South African government. In 1972, the Club of Rome published The Limits to Growth, which planted the seeds of the depopulation agenda. And while Kahn, Kissinger, and Galbraith helped Schwab get started, what really brought him the international support he was hoping for was when he introduced the ideas of depopulation. In 1972, the Club of Rome's founder was invited by Schwab to make the keynote speech in 1973. As controversial as it was, even Herman Kahn opposed it, the World Economic Forum suddenly caught the attention and financial support of powerful elitists everywhere and blew up to what it has become today. The article suggests that Schwab's supervillain persona is a deliberate marketing tactic to gain the attention from those who seek power and wealth to join Klaus Schwab as stakeholders in society. The author believes that the World Economic Forum is reaching its maximum level of expansion before its inevitable collapse, because eventually people will fight back. But they already know that, and all they really seem to care about is world government, depopulation, and thermonuclear war. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. The fossil fuel hoax. Hmm, see what you think, guys. You mentioned in one of your last talks that petroleum wasn't what we thought it was, that it wasn't a fossil fuel, that it didn't come from fossil animals. <laughs> yeah. Is it just a mineral? Is it a mineral like any other mineral? Is that is that how it... Is that how it, uh, what would you say? Uh, how did it, what's the origin it, of it? You see, <clears throat> when they first found petroleum, uh, because they were beginning to make motors and, and, and needed on axles of wheels and railroad trains and all that sort of thing, and remember, trains started in the beginning of the 19th century, then oil went from a, just a lubricant to a fuel, and it made it valuable. And Rockefeller happened to be the smartest man in the business at the time. But he made a lot of, most of his money, or much of it, off the transport of the petroleum as well as selling it. But one thing they realized was, if you, because oil, uh, oil is, uh, putting a price on oil is like putting a price on a pail of water. You know, the, the no, no initial cost is in the ground. And, and in those days, they were, some of it, almost what you'd call surface mining the oil. They didn't go down deep. So in order to get the price up, they hit on the idea that they would have to make it appear to be scarce. That, they're, that boy, after we take the next few barrels out, we're probably going to have to close as well, you know, that kind of thing. But a very fortuitous event. In 1892, there was a convention in Geneva of scientists to determine what 
organic substances are. Well, the definition of organic is a substance with hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. And so it's usually a living substance, a tree. You analyze a dead tree, hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen, and grass, and so on, living things. Animals, we are, hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. So at this Geneva Convention, Rockefeller took advantage of sending some scientists over who said oil, petroleum, is hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. Therefore, it must be derived from the, uh, the spoiling, the rotting of formerly living matter and uh, playing the game properly when the this scientific convention was over. They defined oil as a, a residue from formerly living matter. Well, that makes it a fossil fuel. I don't know why they decided to use the word fossil, but it says formerly living matter is fossil. Well, of course, today, and, and another thing we should know is that there has never been a fossil, of a, a, a real fossil found below 16,000 feet. And you can't argue at 16,000 as a level line because someplace the ground sinks and so on. But 16 is what the scientists say, 16,000. We mine oil, or we, we drill for oil, at 30,000, 33,000, 28,000 every day of the week. So right there, we rule it out that it isn't fossil fuel. It's called fossil fuel for the minds of the public to feel that it is a, a, an asset that is running out, being depleted. We talk about depletion allowance, which is a lot of, you know. And actually, if you know the world's oil supply, you know that it is not going to run out for an awfully long time. It is the second most prevalent liquid on earth and, and we haven't begun to dig. well with all that background you see the people in charge of the petroleum business for perfectly reasonable business uh, things like any other man in the business wants to keep his price as high as he can get away with and the way to do is just say well as no more we, we, we the last barrel is going to cost a thousand dollars and then it's all done and and they preach that stuff what bothers me is that that in geology books, it's in there. The geologists say it's a fossil fuel. They, they somehow they've been bought. I, mean, you, I, I went to a four-year federal staff energy seminar run by the government of the United States during the so-called energy crisis. I was the participant that represented the railroad industry. The airline industry was there. Every AA administrative assistant of senators and congressmen was there. The CIA was there, the Defense Department was there, the State Department was there. Sometimes sitting right in front of me in the row would be Henry Kissinger with his friend, um, uh, the, the head of the uh, Department of Defense. Uh, that's too bad, I can't put the names with them. But anyway, people like that, top men in the government, sitting there listening to the Federal Staff Energy Seminar. Well, what this was doing is for four years... They were teaching a propaganda line to the leading people in this country and therefore to the leading people in the world when you include the Kissinger and Schlesinger among others. And the object of it was, as Kissinger used in his own terms when it was time for him to speak, to create a world price for oil. In other words, not... Uh, 30 cents a gallon here and 90 cents a gallon there, but let's get a world price. 
That's their goal, and they're trying to do that for wheat and everything else. We don't realize what, it, what the controls are, whether it's oil or some of these other things. Almost everything today is being categorized at the highest price it can possibly make it go. And so calling petroleum a fossil fuel is the basis for this system uh, with respect to petroleum. And, and I went, I don't know if the name Arthur Kantrowitz rings any bell. Arthur Kantrowitz is the head of the Kantrowitz Labs set up by the uh, AFCO company uh, near Boston, uh, Scientific Laboratories. And um, a great man in the scientific world. And Kantrowitz and I were sitting at a table at this uh, seminar once, and the table happened to be all young college grad PhD geologists. And so just to get a conversation started, I turned to Kantrowitz and I said, Arthur, what do you think about this foolishness of these speakers talking about fossil fuel? And uh, it was kind of put up. He started laughing. He said, you know, that gets me. He said, he says, I don't. He said, I don't have a geology degree, but he had a thousand other degrees. And he said, I don't understand. He said, you'd think that these heads, these other fellows at the table, we did it on purpose, start listening, you know. And he asked, he said, uh, are you gentlemen? He says, you're here at the meeting. Are you gentlemen by any chance geologists? And one fellow, yes, I am. And the other, yeah. he said, well, why don't you tell me? He said, why, why is, why is, oh, you know, you went on like that. We brought the house down because nobody could argue with Cantrowitz. He like he liked Einstein. People are going to, and he told him right there, he said, just drop it. But it's, it's in all the books and in all the papers. But it started from that strange meeting in 1892 a scientific convention. In G I have a big, thick scientific encyclopedia put out by the Diebenostrin Company that's about oh, 15 years old now, but it has the whole story of the conference. It doesn't have the Rockefeller part, but it has the whole story of how they straightened out organic chemicals and how it was all figured, and they've got petroleum right in there. These aren't accidental things, you see. There's a dollar sign behind almost everything. Well, guys, I'm wrapping this up in five minutes, so just making it a bit shorter than usual. Hope you enjoyed some of that, guys.
too much death. Death everywhere. Just want you here, problem. Maybe go America. Live the quiet life. What do you want?
Alright guys, catch us on the next episode of Strange Days. There is no doubt about that.